The following is a Klabes Online production. Lunch with Klabes and Joe on ClabesOnline.com. And a, a good Monday morning or good afternoon. Monday afternoon to you. I am Joe Roderick. This is Mike Claiborne, and you are watching Lunch with Klabes and Joe. And Klabes are on the road today. How about that? Yeah, we, we figured it out. We didn't lunch, but we, we, we found somewhere to go. Yeah, we're indoors. We're at the same place. We have this. It took us, I don't know how many. We're, we, this is. This might be, I mean, we're, we have to be in double digits as far yes. as how many Mondays we've been doing this show for. Well, we finally got here together. Yeah. So that's a good thing. Yeah, we are here at Munganass, St. Louis, Acura, and Manchester Road in St. Louis. 13720 Manchester Road is where you can find us. You see a few of the cars that they have there on the background. What I like there, I like the hitch that that one has on the back uh, for all of the uh, – the, the SUV over there yeah. that that one has. I really enjoy that. But we have uh, we have so much to get to See, that's today. That's nice, but, but I, that means I'd have to have some other people with me, and I'm trying to avoid that kind of stuff. Well, I mean, you you could you know put stuff. It doesn't mean that. It just means you have a lot of stuff. Like, yeah. are you a yeah. are you a camping guy? Yeah, I like camping. You yeah. do. Uh-huh. You see, I I can't do like I'll so I'll you, go and you, do the outdoor stuff, you, but I want to sleep indoors. At so night. you kind of got to go camping and see if you can get a pizza delivered. Yeah, oh, okay. uh, yeah, I will. My one of the things I really want to do one of these vacations I want to take one of these summers is to do like get the RV, the big huge RV, sleep indoors, sleep like, inside hang the RV, out, had a little awning, yeah, where you can sit out around and just go straight from the driver's seat straight to the back where I can watch TV. Yeah. But I want to do it to where I go to different ballparks. I want to oh, take okay. one of those trips where you know go up to like Milwaukee to Minnesota to Colorado, maybe down to Texas and then back right. up to St. Louis. That's, that's, like, that's yeah, and I found a few years ago I found a web like there is a website out there where you can put out in what cities, what teams you want to see, and it will match with the schedule and tell you like the best days to leave to hit up those games or those cities in that order. Sound like a lot of work, but yeah, okay. You're not having to do the work though. All you have to do is just type yeah, in I mean, what teams you, know, you want. Yeah, I think if I'm going to do that, and maybe because I'm a little spoiled because I've done it already. But you driven I, I, to all those? I mean, no, driven, I, I was going to say no. yeah. No, it, it sounds like a nice way to spend the summer. Right. That's uh, you just take a week and you and you do that. But now, I mean, it seems like a, a pipe dream right now to talk about traveling to go watch a baseball game because, well, Klabes, we we haven't had a baseball game in five, six days now. Here no, in we haven't. And, you know, I guess the question is, when will we have one? And I think we'll know something, obviously, later today with regard to the Cardinals. Um and I think you have two choices here. I th- well, you have three. The first choice is if everybody's clean, then you get on a plane and you go to Detroit off day tomorrow and you play a doubleheader on Wednesday. If you feel like you're not ready, you stay there and then just come home or come home and pick up the games this weekend. Third choice would be that, uh, th- th- and this would be predicated on other games and other teams, you just shut the whole thing down, move the schedule back a week, and then try and figure out what are the the tracing issues, what are the things that we found that were common Mm -hmm. on how these things came about as far as being positive. Is it the travel? Is it the clubhouse? Is it guys not policing themselves? So you got three or four options there, but I think we've got to do this on the fly. So I think today will give us a better idea on what we're going to see next. A few a few different ways to go with that. I'll go with your, your comment first about figuring out, kind of policing it or figuring out how it happened. 
uh, you and I were both on the, the the conference call the other day when somebody brought that topic up to John Bozalek, if the Cardinals had looked into how this happened. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mo was, was somewhat offended, I feel like, by the question. He, he got very defensive and even referred to it as a sickening question for reporters to ask that. And I felt that was a little unfair to the reporter that asked it, because I think as a reporter, they kind of looked at, you know, they're, they're trying to find out they they have a story to write and they're kind of looking at it. And we saw the ridicule that the Marlins got because the word got out about how the Marlins maybe contracted it and, mm-hmm. and it started. And I think you are trying to just figure out, was it something that was done irresponsibly or was it just a pure accident? And I think that's something that you you don't want the rumors to get out there. And maybe that's a story you want to get ahead of. I I agree. But I think that the rumors are getting out in front of the story. And I I think that there have been some people locally who I think have been borderline irresponsible. Uh, if you wanted to know who was, who was positive, just wait until we would have waited until the Milwaukee series where they would introduce players and whoever didn't come out, that's probably who it would have been. Yeah. And I think that's eventually how it's going to come out. I mean, there is a sense of privacy that should be respected here. If a guy wants to come clean and do it, then fine. If he doesn't, I respect it because eventually it's going to come out. But I think it needs to come out in an official capacity compared to some of the uh, you know, backyard peeping Tom elements that we're, we're, we're experiencing now. So uh, it, it's a tricky situation because, you know, the reporters just say, hey, I'm just doing my job. Well, that's that's not necessarily your job. Uh, it, you know, you want to try and get an official response, but for, it's not your place to be throwing names up on the board on who it is because you don't know. You yeah. really don't know. Yeah, and like you I mean, once we do get back to games, it should be fairly easy to figure out who's missing from that yeah. team. And, yeah. and especially once you figure out, okay, who are they replacing? Who are they calling up? Which, which direction are they going that? Which brings me to kind of the next thing. When, when all this started, we knew of that team in Springfield or the, the group of guys in Springfield. What is preventing them? What, what prevented the Marlins from doing it? What's preventing the Cardinals from doing it to bring just well, 15 or so of those guys and saying, you know what, today you are the St. Louis Cardinals, go play? I think there's a couple of things that come with that. A, uh, do you have enough guys that are actually close? Not ready, but close. B, when you bring them up, they're on the clock. Now, I don't know if these guys are going to be any good or not, but they are now official major leaguers, and they're on the clock as far as arbitration and everything else. You also now have other guys on the payroll that now are going to be making big league salary, and I know the money thing might be minuscule in this situation, but I think the other issue is do you have enough guys that are ready to play? Now, the Cardinals obviously do. I mean, if you say, if you say well, we need more pitching, well, you have two guys with big league experience in Springfield, in Cabrera, and also Anthony Reyes. Mm-hmm. You have an infielder in Max Schrock who's ready to play at the big leagues. He was just a numbers guy. You have a couple of outfielders in Carlson, and, uh, and you have another pitcher in Oviedo mm-hmm. who, if you were in a pinch. So they're a little bit better off than some other teams would be. But when you mention the Marlins as an example, they just don't have no – guys and pack the gear well, they're going i mean they're when when they're taking guys that were dfa'd from the orioles exactly you know that, that tell you, you know that yeah. yeah you did not have a good team to begin with so is 
is the fact that you you know one of the reasons is you don't want to start a guy's clock for that is that on the owners then for how the deal was made to begin with that if they they put this but, team there yeah, and but, now they don't want to use those players the, i think the, the issue is they hope that they could slip and slide without having exactly. to go that deep yeah so i think every team's got two or three guys in their minor league complex that could step in you know spot situation but as deep as the marlins list was i don't think you had enough play. Yeah. i don't think any team's got that no many and the cardinals that's why they that too. went out and signed some other guys yeah a few of the 2020 draft picks for the cardinals are, right. are down there in springfield and those are definitely guys that but they i think they were start. i think they were there also to continue their ascension and learning the fundamentals mm-hmm. of how the cardinals teach the game and you know uh, they don't have any games to play but just instruction i think is probably something that they wanted to do to give them a chance not to just waste a year so with with what you have heard from within the organization is there how would you feel the sense is there worry that the season won't be continued this week is there is there fear is there anger what what is I the think general it's, sense? i think it's disappointment because they don't know what's next uh i think that they still obviously want to play but it's not in their hands anymore um you know it's in somebody else's hands so there's a hint of frustration, the isolation. Mm-hmm. Think about this. You've been cooped up in a hotel room since what, Thursday? Yeah. And they can't even go, they're not even going well, across the lane yeah. hanging out. You know, I mean, a couple of guys went out and played golf and did some other things on that first day, but they didn't know right. what was going on. So now you just relegated to your room. And, you know, fortunately in the major leagues, most of the hotels are good hotels that you can kind of do something in, I guess. Uh, but I think it's just it's all new to them because these are ultimate creatures of habit who are used to doing things on a certain time on a certain day and they haven't been able to do it. It's, this is even different than when the league was shut down because at least they were at home and they could move around the house a little bit more. Maybe they had a cage or they like cat they can't do anything yeah you saw yesterday you saw videos adam wainwright was doing trick shots yeah. golf trick shots in his uh in his room which uh should just tell you how big of a room these guys have that he's able to get he's out a veteran the, uh, he should have a big room <laughs> he should almost get a whole floor mm-hmm. uh and then uh, i liked jack Flaherty. i wish we would have seen video of jack Flaherty because it was a, a throw day for him mm-hmm. and he he pushed his mattress up against the wall <laughs> and I, I guess was throwing baseballs into a mattress on on the wall i would have liked to see that and just see how that workout would have gone for him again creature habit i don't <laughs> know if it's going to be beneficial but you know a guy like that when you sit around too long you get too strong and then you don't know where it's going so uh, you know they're doing what they can but it's it's obviously a challenge yeah the uh so the marlins though around the rest of baseball the phillies are all tested negative the marlins have all tested negative it looks like we are getting back to baseball for those two teams and their opponents and we've kind of seen the schedule changed a bit to arrange for not all of the teams having to miss games and it, it kind of i an idea that I, I had come up with over the weekend for this, and you were talking about just shut it down for a week, maybe pick it up again on Friday. I really think baseball, they only have, what, eight weeks left of the season? The, the season has already just started, but it's just about to end. It almost makes sense to maybe push the postseason back a week yeah, or even right. 10 days and no, just I say, agree. you know what, this week right here, we're gonna make up games. it's going to be makeup games. Yeah, no, no, I agree. Yeah. That's the what teams, I was talking about. Yeah, Move the, the schedule back. If the teams on the West Coast don't get anything and they don't have to miss any games on the West Coast, they get a week off. Yeah, 
They, you know, they, they get to rest squad up. Games right. rest up, get the rotation set up. But the rest of these guys, you guys are going to play. Yeah. No, I think that's that's one of your alternatives. Uh, and you just got to hope that you know, nobody else gets it where it just really models things along with this. You're going to have some guys. And I, I, I know there's a couple of teams where guys are thinking about just opting out. Because Lorenzo Cain opted out yeah. after uh, after the news it's broke just, out of it's the Cardinals. Too, yeah. it, you know, and everybody's got their own reason. But I think from a distraction standpoint and just the risk that come with it, guys are just like, you know what, I'm good. I'm going home. Yeah. Because you know, most of them have made their money already anyway. So well, that's, it's, not, it's not a big deal. One guy that opted out this uh, this past weekend was Joanna Cespedes. And for a while – little concerning for yeah. a bit with him because they said they went to his hotel room I mean, and the Mets didn't give the whole story with that. The Mets came out and said that they tried to contact him and they couldn't. And I imagine for somebody like you, when you read something like that, it might give Daryl Kyle type vibes no at, doubt. at first. No doubt. And then you find the story is that his room was completely cleared out and he had taken everything and he had gone home. But he only told his agent that he was opting out. The agent did not tell the Mets right. that he was opting out. So the the tenure of Yohannes Cespedes in, in New York is is done. That that's over with. So it's, good. he's done good for the year. Well, he's you know what? The only reason why he's there, Van Wagenen used to be his agent, and he's kind of stuck with him. You know, nobody wanted to give him a long term deal because he you know look at his background, man. I mean, he's been kind of a loose cannon, so. Um, I think we may have seen the last of him. He was relegated to being a DH anyway because of all the other issues he's had injury-wise. So I don't think it's a great loss to anybody. Before we move on from the rest of Major League Baseball, it happened uh, what, Monday or Tuesday night of last week. Joe Kelly threw over the head of Alex Bregman and did not get ejected from the game and then struck out Carlos Correa, had words with him. And now then received an eight-game suspension. You covered a lot of Joe Kelly's time here in uh, in St. Louis. Your your thoughts on just the the didn't have a problem incident. with him doing it until he threw the guy's head. I get what he was trying. He wanted to be part of this uh, because he was on the Red Sox teams that got job by by the Astros. Uh, so I look at. His actions, I didn't have a problem with it, but you can't throw the guy's head. You want to hit him in the ribs, hit him in the hip, I don't care, but you cannot take away a guy's livelihood. Now, he might say, well, my livelihood was taken away because I didn't win a World Series. That's different. You're talking about the health of a player, health of a person. He's a provider to his family. Uh, so I didn't have a problem with uh, him throwing. He, he just should have lowered it. Yeah, and so the eight-game suspension still uh, still intact there. By the way, the Astros, the ones that were, uh, I guess, in the center of that cheating scandal, mm -hmm. their numbers are not that I great. I was looking at Altuve's <laughs> numbers. Was he hitting 158? Yeah. Yeah, and, and, you know, I think there's a little bit of – there's two things to go with this. Um, I think it's a little psychological, mm -hmm. obviously, but I also think teams are better prepared on how to pitch them. I mean, yeah. they've hey, you've been sitting around for four months and you've gone through every swing this guy's taken. All right, this is what we should get him on. Yeah. This is what he has trouble with. His bat's going to be a little slower because he hasn't played either. Mm -hmm. So, you know what, this is when you carve guys like that up. And and I think there's there's a combination of things, uh, but I'm happy to see it. Uh, 
Hey, it's a, a new month here on Claves Online. We have a brand new month of Cardinal Memories with this day in Cardinal history. I was uh, I was very surprised. So I, I sent out all of the, uh, the this days to you, mm -hmm. expecting back a bunch of memories from Rick Hummel. And you surprised me back on August 1st with that first <laughs> one as I get an email that says Willie McGee on it. And it was you. You called up your friend Willie McGee, and you had him share some of those uh, memories yeah. with you because he was involved. It, with it them. was fun, and, and it was funny because I had talked to him earlier that day about something we we had going. We needed to talk about, and then when you sent the email over for the the whole oh, list, I was like, I just talked to him, and we had just talked about that game maybe two weeks ago about something, and uh, I said this would be great. And then I think the other, I forgot what the other date was. Brummer. Then Brummer's yeah. at home, which to me uh, was a riot because the play that nobody talks about, it was a full count. And Gary Lavelle threw a strike right down the middle. And Dave Pallone, I believe he was the umpire, came out from behind home plate, forgetting about the pitch, but get, <laughs> trying to get the play at home. It's right down the middle. All you do is call a strike, he'd have been out. <laughs> We got a uh, whole month of those brand new uh, there. And also, once uh, once Cardinal Baseball starts up again, whatever day that is, we'll we'll uh, we'll get the daily podcast going with Polo Asensio, too. He's he pulling out what Harry's got left. I've got two text messages from him already. So, Polo, hang in there. We're all dealing with it. It is maddening. There's no doubt about it. Uh, but I don't know what else we can do at this point. Not, you know, one of the things about this whole ordeal, Joe, is if you don't learn patience – then you've missed the boat here because if you allow, if you don't have any control over this, so you can't worry about things you can't control. And I know it's hard for some people. Uh, Mike Maddox has got a great line. He says, they don't pay you to complain. You, you kind of have to take those approaches in this whole situation. The, the thing that the weird thing that I, I, I will see other writers from around baseball tweeting about the games that they're covering and here in St. Louis, it is almost like, baseball doesn't exist right now to to go an entire yeah. weekend series without games and then you see well how about when you watch Cubs espn or the highlights and there's no cardinals or right. nothing like that you're like oh yeah there still is baseball like every all of that's done baseball's going on it's just not going on in our little yeah. universe right now yeah and that's obviously unfortunate but what are you gonna do and yeah. well uh I, I think we're expecting an update at some point today from the uh, from the Cardinals, I'm checking my phone and, as we speak. Yeah, we'll, um, we've been putting up a lot of the audio from the press conferences after they're done over on Claves Online, so you can go over there and look and see some of the conferences that we've done or that we've uh, that we've been a part of, and you can see what the latest is from uh, Jose Lack when he talks. And I, I would imagine at some point today. They'll have something to say, especially since both games tomorrow, there's a doubleheader still scheduled for Tuesday as, no, of, I think as of now. Is you that done? If you're going to see anything, you see something on Wednesday. Okay. Uh, and then I think we come home and play. You know, I've got about eight different schedules in my phone, so let me see where we I think what to. they had said, and this is the one, was it Sunday or Saturday night or Sunday night, was that they were going to do Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday with a doubleheader at some point, and all yeah. four games were going to be so played. So we would play one game on Wednesday and two on Thursday. Okay, that's what so, it would be. So, and all of those would be in Detroit, yeah. even though they are scheduled. The August fifth, the Cardinals were supposed to be back in St. Louis. Right, those games will be played in Detroit if the Cardinals make it to Detroit, because right now the Cardinals are still in, in Milwaukee. Milwaukee. So, 
there's it's 120 right now in St. Louis, and we don't have an answer for you as far as what the uh, the rest of the week is going to look like for the uh, the Cardinals. Uh, as far as the Blues go up in Edmonton, Jim Thomas on Saturday. I, I interviewed Jim Thomas on Friday, and he was still a day away from quarantine. You talk about the Cardinals having to be stuck in their hotel room for four days in Milwaukee. Jim Thomas was stuck in his hotel room in Edmonton for yeah. 14 days. And well, he talks about it. You can go into uh, this past Saturday's weekend, Joe, and listen to the the Jim Thomas interview where he, he talks about just what those 13 days were, <laughs> were like and the warning that he got from his wife to not get kicked out of Canada. Yeah, that, that, <laughs> that could happen. Uh, you know, and that's a, that's a trip that you have to thoroughly plan uh, how you're going to eat. Mm-hmm. What kind of what kind of activities physically are you going to do? I mean, you can't sit in the room and do nothing for fourteen mm-hmm. days. How much you going to read? You know, you got to take your your laptop and download different stuff. And I mean, there's so many things that you have to take into account. Uh, and obviously, he's weathering the storm. But kudos to the NHL; they just had another day. They just came out with another report, and nobody else was positive. So their bubble approach is working. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and the NBA seems like they're having decent success with it now also. And I know people have talked about why Major League Baseball do it in Arizona and in Florida. Hindsight, it, it's still a good idea. But when you look at look at Arizona, who was having their own COVID issue, and I don't know if anybody's checked the temperature lately, it's like 100 degrees virtually every evening, even though it's a dome. And that's the only major league facility that you would have there. Now, if you want to spread it out and play at the minor league ballparks, you could because nobody's going to be there. 100 degrees at night. I was going to say, know. you can play at 10 a.m. or yeah. at 10 p.m. In, in Florida's and, got their own set of issues um, with COVID. So, and they got a tropical storm going yeah. through there right now, too. So, so a lot of these games would have probably been rained out exactly. this week. So you, you've got issues, but you know, kudos to the NHL and the NBA for what they've done. You are uh, you're the hockey guy between the two of us. Last night the Blues lose to the Avalanche two to one. The goal scored 0.1 seconds left. Have you ever seen anything like that? Yeah, I have. Uh, I've seen I've seen them close, but that one probably stands out. I've seen some regular season games like that where they score 0.1, 0.2, but nothing like that because there was so much more going on. Um, it goes, it goes to show you how if you can be out of position for one step, one stride, and there's your difference. Bozak lost his man because uh, he he had kind of run into somebody. He spun around, and his man took one more stride and put himself in position for the rebound. I'm not blaming Bozak. It was just a collision. But, I mean, that's how fine this game is. Um, you know, you look back on it, I'm, you know, the offense wasn't there again. And, you know, you only have two games to pick from really good team and now some people think they can win the whole thing they're, they're young they can skate very skilled up front good defense you cannot get into a running gun with a team like that what you have to do is play sound positional hockey and let them come to you and you be in position defensively to deny passes put a good stick in the lane play the body lean on them a little bit uh, because that's a team they like to run a lot of picks they like to do things to give themselves a free open shot the officials have been pretty good at calling penalties in this first few games. So, you know, and I think they got an interference penalty last night. So that's a team you deal with down the road. Now you move on to a Las Vegas team, which is similar, 
a little bit more physical. They've got a little bit better defense as far as the forwards are concerned. But, you know, overall, you know, I didn't think the Blues were that bad. It's just the fact they've got to generate more scoring, which means they've got to go to the middle of the ring, get in the paint area, look for a deflection. You can't score on the perimeter in this situation. These teams are too good as far as blocking shots. So, you know, it's it, they've got time to fix it. Big loss to the Chicago in that first game, that exhibition game that they played, and now the loss to the Avalanche. Any any worry right now, or is this these, these games don't really matter? I'm not yet. worried. Uh, I have an initial concern, and I was the same guy who last year said, "Where they're going to how they're going to score." I just didn't see it. I still don't. I mean, because the guys we're relying on, and I, well, Tarasenko can score, yeah, but but Schwartz went almost the whole season and didn't find his mojo until the playoffs. Shen had a great first year and then he leveled off. O'Reilly is your most consistent player, you know, and you've got some other fledgling guys who are getting more ice time. And you know, like a Robert Thomas is a guy who you think can score down the road, but you know, teams now know how the St. Louis Blues play. So it's going to be a challenge, man. It's going to be a real challenge, but you know, winning Stanley Cup was never, yeah, I've never te- seen a team say, boy, that was, well, those, those 70 Canadian teams, they made it really look easy. They won four in a row. They were like, it was like, playing with kids most nights so you have uh, you, you had a few and other nhl players i saw a few blackhawks showed up to the game yesterday to watch it from the stands you're also getting that in the nba too where you're getting players that are showing up so i just got and, this from yeah. bob nightingale saying that the tiger series has been postponed which means they're coming back to st the entire series has yes been postponed. the entire series right. so there you go the entire series has been uh postponed cardinals so are they are they staying in Milwaukee? They're staying in Milwaukee. They haven't made it determine whether they're going to return, when they're going to return to St. Louis. Who are they set to play this weekend? That's a great question. And I'm going Is to it tell the Cubs? You, I hope so. I feel like it was the, supposed to be the Cubs this weekend. Oh, yeah. Let's see here. Uh, you are As you look that Cincinnati. up. Yeah, the Cubs. It, Cubs it is the Cubs. Weekend. Okay. So next series for the Cardinals will be the Cubs. So that means an entire three-game series against Milwaukee wiped out. And now a four-game series against the Tigers have been wiped out. So that's seven games now that the Cardinals might make up at some point at the end of the season. Uh, a lot of seven-inning doubleheaders because that was supposed to be tomorrow or Wednesday was supposed mm-hmm. to be the debut of a seven-inning doubleheader, uh, according to the no, – We had one yesterday, though, didn't we? Was there one yesterday? I thought there was one yesterday. Was it Cincinnati and Detroit? Because they got rained out on Saturday, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, so when they so when they talked about it on Saturday, it was supposed to be the, yeah. the, the, it was supposed to be the first mm-hmm. one. So if that one was that, so there he goes. We uh, we're out here at Munganas St. Louis Acura. Good looking car right here. So they moved the one that I really liked the other day. I really thought you bought it. it. I, I did not oh, yet. Okay. No, that uh, the, the check from you hasn't cleared yet. So ah, I've been okay. able to uh, put that down. Well, I'll speak to accounting yeah. about that. <laughs> But but as some of the uh, some of the SUVs out here as, uh, are the ones that are really catching my eye. That the NBA games have uh, have restarted. I like seeing all of the players because there's star players too that are showing up to watch some of these games. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just they're they're sitting there in their chairs six feet apart, and they're they're staying far away from the court, and they're just taking it in because for some of these guys, it's it's like going to like an AAU tournament when they were kids. They just right. want to go there. They, they want to watch. watch yeah. They just want to watch. I think I saw what a report that Jeremy Lamb has been to every game. That he just that he's just hanging out there watching every game. That he there's nothing else that he wants to do other than just watch basketball. Well, I'm told this this bubble that they have is like 
it's the opposite of you could imagine is there, whether it's food, activities, uh, plenty of space, the rooms are palatial. I mean, you think about basketball players, so you got to have some big rooms. But they say it's pretty good. You know, so I don't know, you know, how much further they can enhance it. But I also remind these guys that in about another two weeks, there's going to be some t- centralized. And they're gone. Is, like, it's, yeah, it's like done. watching Survivor. Yeah, like exactly. you get beat, yeah. you are, you're off mm-hmm. the island. You're out of the bubble. So at that point, they may risk bringing families in, mm-hmm. and maybe they quarantine families because uh, they'll be able to bring them in. But, you know, who knows if they want to do that because that becomes a bigger distraction well, also. You think about it, if everybody's having a two-week quarantine, you bring in the families, but and you they don't have even to quarantine know, yeah. for two weeks. And then you get knocked half, out. Yeah, you get yeah. knocked out, <laughs> and you just made your wife and yeah. kids sit in a room by themselves while you're off playing basketball, and you just have to go home with them. So I did I, – I was – uh, I saw Jim Thomas report over the weekend that O'Reilly took out, took the team out to uh, a chop house, a steakhouse in Edmonton. People were, they couldn't believe that the, the blues would go out to a restaurant like that. Mm-hmm. The bubble in Edmonton actually includes the restaurant blocks yeah, right. of other activities to where in the NBA, they're at a resort, they're, they're at a resort, Disney yeah. resort. And this one is just, they that. just took an area of downtown yeah. and said, this is your, this is your area. Mm-hmm. And, from what I understand, the security is pretty tight and fair. So yeah, it's a good thing for everybody. Yeah. By the way, Michael Porter Jr., uh, the Mizzou yes. grad, made um, uh, made some headlines with his Snapchat quotes saying that the coronavirus was a population control. He, does he know by who? He he says, uh, I think coronavirus is being used obviously for a bigger agenda. It's being used for population control in terms of being able to control the masses of people. I mean, because the virus, the whole world is being controlled. Well, I think I don't know the kid. I think there's a lot of things about his upbringing and some things that he said and done in the past would make you believe that he probably is on board with a lot of things uh, that we normally take for granted. So, you know, he's got his opinion. I don't necessarily know if I agree with it, because if you want to thin out the herd, there's a lot of other ways you could have done it. in the manner that he's talking about. So, um, yeah, man, go ahead, whatever. Yeah, just try and stay healthy long enough to play a season and then come back and talk to him. I, that's still I, – there are still multiple NBA players that think that the earth is flat. So yeah, uh, I right. still think that that is probably worse than maybe – Should have maybe stayed in Missoula a little longer. You could have learned a few things. How many classes do you think you went to there? I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I had this conversation with somebody today about paying players. And I have, I've always advocated that. Uh, you should pay them something. And I use, I'm use i going to use round numbers here. I think that when you go to a school, you should get 10 grand every year that you're there. You can draw 2,500 up every year for whatever you want to do. If you're in academic good standing, if you've attended enough classes, and it's got to be legit stuff. And over the course of those four or five years, when you're done, you might have 45, 50 grand if you stay academically eligible, which means you got to go to class. Yeah. You know, these guys don't go to class now, you and know, that, and then when they, and if you leave early, then you have to get a money back. Okay. Uh, what about, and it, where does that go into some of these guys that are going back and finishing school, even though they're in the pros? Okay. That, that let them pay for it. Okay. Yeah. 
All right. So you can make you can afford it now. Since we're talking college, the uh, the Pac-12 have they have I, I guess unified all the all the athletes of all the schools have kind of gotten together and well they, they got a bigger problem up in Washington State. We can talk about that. I was on talk to somebody about that today. In regards where to where their coach told a player oh, yeah. that we may have a problem if you elect to be part of this. So I'm trying to figure out at what point does somebody tell him he might want to calm down a little bit. Washington State's not that easy to get to to get good players to play there anyway. So now you have basically tried to force a guy to make a decision that probably shouldn't be made by a coach. Yeah. The uh he's a first year coach too, by the way. Yeah, the, the I was gonna say because Mike Leach went down yeah, he to, went to Ole Miss. Yeah, Mississippi State. He went to Mississippi and State then, uh, Kiffins at Kiffin, Ole Miss. Yeah. yeah. But the the Pac twelve they have uh for athletes and wall. Scottish athletes and walk-ons, they've kind of put out a, a list of demands that they would like as far as safety protocol would go to make sure that they are safe and they, they remain healthy if these colleges insist on them playing sports this next year. The Pac-12 football unity demands they have health and safety protocols, protect all sports, um, end racial injustice in college sports and society, economic freedom and equity are just a few of the articles that they that they have. I got no problem with it. Listen, um, we're at a point shuttered for so long about so many things that they now have a voice and they finally come together. And I give you this, and this is terrifying, the NCAA, okay? Oh, yeah. But this is worse than when Shane Battier started to question where is the money going? Remember when he was a Duke and he challenged people and they couldn't wait for that guy to get out of get out of college because he was opening up a can of worms that the NCAA was not prepared to deal with. So with those, and I don't think the word demand is, see, I think demand is too aggressive of a term. These are some requests we want you to explore and address. Um, and I think all of them in this time actually makes sense because how can you trust these schools, these coaches, these trainers, because their job is to get you on the field and make money. They don't have your best interest at heart when it comes to help in some cases. So I think in this situation, there should be a third person slash second opinion individual that is involved in these decisions that should be made uh, from a health standpoint. The racial injustices come into play with regard to coaching hires and other people who are more part of the program compared to just the black guy who's the recruiter. You know, they should have more of an impact. What was the other one? Uh, the financial situation. You know, and we just talked about the fact that they ought to have guys in position where they get some sort of stipend along the way. Um, because everybody says, well, you're getting a free education. There's nothing free about this. There's nothing free. Has anybody, and it always amuses me when I hear that because the person who says that has no idea how much work these athletes have to put in along with go to class they, they can't get jobs on the side can't do anything. they uh, they pretty much i mean based if they're on not sport, practicing they their just... meeting if they're not meeting their training if they're not training they're trying to study so at what point is there something free here i mean you give them a lot and then oh by the way we need you to be the best player every saturday or every third night in yeah. basketball season and it just doesn't apply to football and basketball all athletes should yeah. be under this umbrella and i don't care if it's an Olympic sport where it doesn't, you know, you say, well, it doesn't, we don't make any money off of it. Well, but when you have a guy who's a national champion 
and he's really good at what he does or a woman who's really good at her event you certainly want to run her out there and, and to make sure she's got her uniform on and let her know what school she goes to because it's good for recruiting not just for recruiting for sports but it's been documented countless times that when teams schools win national championships enrollment goes up endowment contributions go up so this is a money maker for them on the side so when you get an athlete who's playing an individual sport and he starts to play well and he's getting known i guarantee you that if people who are interested in that sport hey hey we got a guy that's I, i'll give you a good example Ben Askren, the kid that wrestled up in Mizzou. Mm-hmm. Nobody heard of Mizzou's wrestling program until this guy rolled in and became a national champion. Then all of a sudden they're on the map. They're not only getting better players, but now other wrestlers want to get involved in helping the program grow even more. Well, you look at I mean, you, you talk about that, not even winning national championship. You look at a team or school like Florida Gulf Coast. Yeah. Nobody knew that exactly. school existed until they won a tournament mm-hmm. game. And next thing you know, their enrollment goes up because people will start looking into it. They yeah. see that the dorm rooms are pretty much on the beach, and they it's a pretty good little <laughs> setup here. Yeah, yeah. They, so they they take it even further with that. But you saw Northwestern try to unionize their their football team a few years come ago. back. Somebody's gonna yeah. come back at this. And it's just a matter of time. It's just. A, but the NCAA has a chance to a, do something about it. They have a chance to meet them halfway and try and work at something because if they get unionized, it's a wrap, man. There's a whole lot of things have changed. And this is a uh, the NCA is already fighting the battle for member institutions about how they're regulating things. I'm of the belief within five years, the power conferences will walk away from the NCA, form their own alliance and get a TV deal. And these networks will be more interested in them than dealing with the NCA, who makes the in- makes the networks take the Yankee conference or the who cares conference and put their games on who nobody really cares about. So, and, and the NCA can still do that. The people who don't care about it can go watch LSU and Alabama and UCLA or whomever. And those people who still want to watch those other conferences, they'll still have a vehicle to watch it on too. Yeah. So it's not, it's not that big of a deal, but I think that the way it's set up with the rules and everything, they're going to walk away from this thing. I, uh, As we're talking football, I wanted to get into some of the players that have opted out. Uh, it's a little weird that in the NFL right now that eight players from the Patriots have opted out. It seems a little yeah. fishy. It seems like they have maybe some other intentions there, knowing the history of the Patriots trying to find loopholes. So that's something to kind of look at over the next week. But eight players from one team. Will opt I, out. I think a few, a few big name players, too. I, I think that. This is. I think that the players associations decided if we want to get the league's attention, it's got to be guys coming from a good team, not championship team, but a good team. Uh, and let's face it, if these guys are coming from the Cleveland Browns or who's who's a terrible team last year, Cincinnati Bengals. They come from Cincinnati. Hey, that's Cincinnati. We they, they're bare, Hey, we'd rather have Ohio State play on the schedule anyway. But when you have a team that everybody recognizes, then that makes a statement for things, as you mentioned, down the road that the players are going to want to be more engaged in. Now, they just did a new CBA, which is, in my opinion, one of the worst ones I've ever seen. But I think they feel like there's got to be some things on the backside that they can probably recover from and basically hold the owners and the game hostage. Well, it's, uh, if, if something happens with the NFL, it looks like we're getting the XFL back as the news came out this morning that Dwayne The Rock Johnson, his ex-wife, Danny Garcia, 
and the Redbird Capital have decided to buy the XFL $15 million. There's a vote that's going to be on it to approve the sale coming up on August 7th. But the XFL, for $15 million, it looks like the Battle Hawks, Kaka, are going to uh, possibly have new life in, right. in St. Louis. So here's a couple of questions I would ask you about. So you're getting yeah, because 15, I, you texted you're me getting about $15 it million dollars to do what? To take over the name of the league? Or you incurring the debt that this league had? Remember, they owe a lot of people a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, are you are you incurring that also with that 15? Or is that a separate? Because you're going to have to go out and do deals with individuals. Look, and I got news for you. If you come back to me, I want my cash up front. Look who bit and look who we bought it from. So there's a there's a prior relationship mm -hmm. there. So you know that there and and also the man Vince McMahon who we bought it from is probably going to come calling the rock for some favors here in the in to well, do some work there. So we don't know what the entire deal yeah. entails there. I, I think that you did see some profitable. I mean, here in St. Louis, I think the Battlehawks were, were were going to turn a profit for just this area. I, I think they were making money for the league. I can't say that about all the teams, but yeah. I think they were doing that here. They had a very good TV deal. Which, when you look at their TV deal compared to some, I mean, they're, the the XFL's TV they, deal is probably better than the NHL's TV deal. Yeah, but the thing is, the numbers really waned after the first it did. three weeks. I, I think there's two things that come into play here. One, when are they going to try and restart this thing? They can't do it next right. year. If they do it next year, then because we don't know who's playing in the right. spring. So you have to give yourself some breathing room because, let's face it, college football comes back in the spring. Right. And high school football comes back in the spring. Nobody could care less about the XFL. So I think they need to wait at least yeah. one year. And how much money are they? They're not spending much money right now. You know, they laid off all the employees. Yeah, they so don't, they don't they pay anybody. They're but they need, to to pay the, they need to pay the debts that they left everybody. I would imagine that the end game here is to turn the XFL into a minor league system for the NFL. I think they're doing it to be bought. Yeah, yeah they're, no, they're, I agree so with that. Fifteen, and I think that was McMahon's initial. Oh yeah, venture. But when COVID hit, you know what? He started to see the blood and and from the red ink, and got out while he could, mm -hmm. and he just walked away and said, "Somebody will buy." And they got it for pennies. Now, here here's something that I think is important to to take into account. When we hear about him, The Rock being part of this, how much money is he really putting in it? Because a lot of times guys will. I've heard it's, this before. It's fifteen million. It's fifteen. Now yeah. you could say well, he, he can, can write one the, movie. He yeah. could do that, but but you know what? The smart guys they don't spend their money. So he might say, "Here's what I'm going to do for you. I'm going to put my name on it. I'm going to be a guy." Now here's the best example: Magic Johnson, Dodgers. Everybody thinks, hey, you know, Magic's an owner. Or Jeter, even better example. And you know what? They just they have a small piece. How much they does get Jeter over the Marlins? Well, he makes like five million, but he's not the money guy. Right. Magic threw ten million in to buy a billion dollar baseball team. So my point being, these operations are driven by names and recognition, and you're the front guy, but it's not like it's your money that you're throwing in it. You're lending your likeness and maybe you throw in something on the surface, but I can promise you that that the rock did not spend 15
and of his money, and I bet he's not the majority owner. And what, but what you're getting out of that is him promoting it. He has already. I mean, think of how much promotion the XFL has gotten today. There's no doubt because his name was, Absolutely. was attached to that, and it's he's probably, going to continue to do it when it restarts. You know, he's going to be there in the 50 yard line to. Well, there's to help. so many things yeah. he can do to enhance his growth. Uh, you know, it's 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 a good move, and you know, we're going to see a lot more things. Guys going into bankruptcy, guys getting these businesses pennies on a dollar, and this is what they're doing here. But the key is. You better settle all this other debt first, and you also need to figure out how much money are you going to spend, or is this league going to spend? Because we've seen a pandemic shut it down, and if, and if teams like this, and you touched on it, is maybe they hold on to this thing two years. Hey, NFL. We see it's working. Mm -hmm. Some of these rules we're implementing, things you should think about. Why don't you absorb this, take us off the hook, and we'll still be your consultants and whole nine yards and be your front guys or whatever you need, but we don't need to be under this. There are a lot of uh, fans in St. Louis, though, that will be happy at the idea that a Battlehawks game was – you were in Florida the whole, the yeah. whole time the, the season went on, so you didn't get a chance to experience one of those games at the Dome. I went to a Rams game the final year. They were, I went to a few Rams games the final year they were here. I was there for the two home games the Battlehawks had. It, it really was electric there in, in the Dome. And it was a fun experience that I really feel sorry for all of the fans that spent so much money and invested so much into that that they only got two of the five games they were promised this year. I, I think you have to take into account. Now, I've also – I was told today that – when they come back, they're going to put the whole bubble. What that? The, the XFL? Yeah. I, we're, we're, I mean, we're sitting here talking. That's not coming back till 2022. Yeah, well, who knows what's going to be happening in 2022. Cheryl. I think they obviously they'll monitor this situation, but it's a, it's a novel idea. I just don't know what we're going to look like in 2022 because there's going to be a sport that's going to look at a void on a calendar yeah. and say, you know what? This thing kind of worked for us. Let's go back and try it. Now, granted, this is how the XFL got started. They figured, hey, from the day the Super Bowl ends to when baseball gets in full swing, we can fill that void. Yeah. Just like the NHL and the NBA got to be saying to themselves, you know what? Let's not start the season in October. Let's move it back to December. Let's stretch out our league. Where all we're doing is competing against baseball. Right. One of the two of us can yeah, switch right. and, exactly. and start at a different time. Mm -hmm. And we don't have to be going up against yeah. each other. We don't have to share arenas for so many. They of don't do teams. it as much anymore, but you're right about just the, the this this sports calendar pie mm -hmm. is about to be divvied up again. It's gonna be redirected and guys are gonna be looking for different things. You know, I think it's important for some of these networks to get more bang for their buck mm -hmm. during ratings periods. Although sports isn't driven by ratings as much as, you know, but the networks like to have them. And maybe we'll see more sports. Here's the other thing. I think you'll see more sports that will be streamed. You know, I think the, the cable, the, the, the satellite direction is going to be more prominent than CBS, NBC, and ABC. So there's a lot of things that still are, are in front of them that they have to work through. You, uh, you've you been watching Lunch with Klaibs and Joe. We are broadcasting from Munganass, St. Louis, Acura, here on Manchester, uh, 13720 Manchester Road is where you can find us today and where you can find well, all of these uh, great cars that they have here on the lot. 
and here in the showroom. We were going to give away a car today, but we ran late with the show, so I guess we'll just give it to ourselves. Well, uh, yeah, we'll run that by Jamie, yeah. and uh, we'll, we'll get all that settled with uh, with him. Who do you have coming up this week? Anything lined up yet? Um, we're going to talk to Rob Fisher, talk a little NBA. We're also going to talk with a guy named Shane Scott, who was big into this testing, COVID testing. Uh, he has a company, and he does a lot around the country, and he's come up with a testing procedure himself or his company has and uh we're gonna visit with chris landry later this week now that we have nfl camps how long is that gonna last who knows uh well it's gonna last because they're not gonna play exhibition games which i think is a good idea um but we're gonna see what that's gonna look like and obviously is it gonna be a college football season the conferences have said we're not gonna play non-conference games we're gonna play within our own league um i see why they're doing it uh, it's gonna make some guys jobs a little tougher because, you know, you want to fatten up on some of the blood donors that you won't have. And it's tough for the blood donors because they were counting on that check as well. So, uh, and the athletic departments are trying to find ways to streamline, and this is going to be one of the ways. So we'll talk to Chris about that this week. And I always look to have one thing I can pull out of my back pocket as things unfold during the course of the week. You have been watching Lunch with Klaibs and Joe here on ClaibsOnline.com, our Twitter and our Facebook pages. This show has been powered by Amron, Illinois, driven by Munganess St. Louis Acura and Munganess Alton Toyota. And by the way, you know what? We ought to give out our email address so people, if they want to ask questions, maybe they, they've heard us talking, they can email us, and we'll run through some questions next week. I think an Ask Clabe segment would do wonderful. It could be almost about anything. I think I, I think the questions that people would have for you about <laughs> some of the things in, uh, in life, I have a feeling there would be a lot of carrot cake uh, questions. Two that pound would be carrot, yeah. which, by the way, is it been, was it really 20 years? got to be. I was at KFNS. Uh, three or four owners ago when I did that. I have no idea what year it was. Yeah. I've just, I've known Everybody that remembers, for at least 10 years. It's a great restaurant, yeah. Porter Steakhouse. I don't even know if they serve it anymore. I need to go over there and find out. But it was. Pretty, it would be a huge mistake yeah. if they didn't. Yeah. With the run that they have gotten oh my off goodness. of that. I know I hear about it all the time. I hear about it either on Twitter or at the ballpark. Like Mark Walsh, Cardinals uh, equipment manager, and, and some of those guys, hey, they just go two pounds. Two pound carrot. Have you noticed? I mean, you've never said. Have you noticed the graphic that we use yes. each week for nice uh, and for orange? That? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's all it's good. It's a nice piece of carrot cake. Yes, it's it all is. good. Yeah, we <laughs> we are going to wrap things up here on lunch with Clay and Joe. We thank the folks out here at Munganess St. Louis Acura for having us out here. Stay tuned to our uh, Twitter, Facebook pages. And our personal uh, accounts as well for all of the latest with the Cardinals this week. If you missed it, if you're just joining us right now, the games tomorrow, the entire series against Detroit, the the two games, or I guess it was supposed to be games Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, as we Thursday. Speak. Yeah, that all of those uh, games, it's done. The series is uh, the series is over with. The next Cardinal game at the earliest will be Friday. Now, I'm sure the Cardinals will have some sort of formal announcement yeah. later today. And when they do, you can probably follow it here on, on Clay's yep. Online. And uh, we'll keep you posted as it unfolds because, you know, every time I talk to John Mozalak, and he'll always say this changes, it goes from changing by the hour to the minute. Mm -hmm. And I would imagine the calls that he has been involved in at various hours of the day and night about this 
and then hang up. And then a half hour later, they call them back and say, well, we're going to do this. So let's try that. So it, it's been a real challenge for everybody. And hopefully we'll get through it and, here in the very near future. And when you think about how that how that goes and then you have the players complaining that they're finding out stuff on social media, think about that, how quick all yeah. this is moving. Mm-hmm. And then how is he supposed to get It's not like he's just going to walk out into the hallway of the hotel room and yell. Well, it's, I think now, fortunately, yeah. because everybody – he can text them mm-hmm. what's going on. Well, that's probably the best route. And I'm sure that's how they're staying in touch with each other. Yeah. So we will uh, we'll provide the latest for you. Again, this has been Lunch with Claves and Joe, powered by Hammond, Illinois, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura, right here on ClavesOnline.com.